If the American people were able to go to the ballot box and have a simple choice, a vote, do you want the government to come clean on information that they have on UFOs, yes or no? I think that election would be an overwhelming landslide. Working class people would, of course, vote for that, but also a lot of other stuff if you ever gave us the chance to actually vote on some of these crazy policies that our government inflicts upon it. Welcome back. I'm here with Michael Harbaugh. Michael, welcome. How's it going? It's going well. So Michael is an independent candidate. He is running against Congressman Mike Turner, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. Now, just to paint the picture of this district and the reason I have never had a politician on my podcast, because my podcast is by definition not a political podcast. Yeah. However, as I've been watching the machinations around the UAP amendment, and I've come to learn more about Mike Turner, I am not a fan of a swamp rat that is doing everything in his power to keep the truth about reality from the American public. So I, you know, I, and again, I don't want to get too much into politics but as my listeners probably know i'm a little bit right of center and the fact that this guy makes me feel that way should raise huge alarm bells for people so i'm willing to support anyone who will challenge him and potentially remove him from his pedestal because he's not doing good things for america so no, anyway, but before I start asking you questions, Michael, I just want to paint the picture about your district, which is Ohio's 10th district. I think it's Montgom- Montgomery County. Is that correct? Montgomery County, Green County, and the bottom part of Clark County. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the population, this is as of 2022, there are about 782,000 people. The median household income is around 64,000, but as uh, Michael has told me, that's the median. So there's a few high-powered jobs uh, suburbs, related yeah. to, yeah, in the suburbs, but this is primarily a working class district. Yes. So yes. kind of the, you know, if you, the average would skew lower than that. In terms of ethnicity, it's about 75% white, 17% black, 3% two or more races, about 2.5% Hispanic, 2.1% Asian, and then 0.4% other. So it is, in terms of the demographics, it's solidly a Republican district. So the other thing that's important to note is who on the Republican side is running against Mike Turner in the primary? They don't run people against him. Oh, no, no primary. No, no primary. primary. If you, oh. call, if you call them and want to run against their golden goose, they'll try to get you to run for a different office or something. But no, they do not do primaries. They do not like competition. Well, what if as a member of the 10th uh, district, I wanted, again, I'm not a member, but I'm saying hypothetically. Yeah. I wanted to, want to run. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to, uh, t- you know, attend a, what do they call when you, when a, when your congressman comes out and they, meet with the people and it's not a hearing but town hall yeah yeah like like when's this ta- when's this next town hall like when people can register their displeasure how, like how often <laughs> does he run those things well much to your chagrin he hasn't ever had a town hall or a debate and this is somehow completely legal i think it should be illegal but well, he's well, been an well, elected well, well, representative he's, he's never done a town hall or a debate in 20 years well, but he's been in congress for almost 20 years he's never yeah. had a town hall Supposedly, someone told me he did some in the very early parts of his career. I have been looking online, YouTube, his websites. I can't find any recorded anything. Somebody told me he maybe did one 10 or 15 years ago, but he hasn't done one to my knowledge, town hall or debate at all. There's nothing online. You can find nothing. So he and no one's ever told me. No one's ever told me. That. No, he doesn't do it. Doesn't have to. United States and China clash, the world will never be the same, 
especially when forces beyond reality threaten to intervene. What if the United States went to war with the People's Republic of China? How would these rivals fight for supremacy on land, sea, air, and across the stochastic streams of time? What wonder weapons would be unleashed? What horrors would emerge from the irradiated sludge of the South China Sea? What heroes would rise and forever change the course of history? Tread into the deepest and darkest dimensions of the multiverse, gaze through a kaleidoscope of fractured realities, and bear witness to the disturbing visions of World War III from today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War, China. Available now from Bain Books at Bain.com. So now he thinks he deserves people's votes. He thinks he deserves it. And that's why I'm running my campaign as an independent. I'm trying to earn people's votes by doing a lot of grassroots activism and being accessible to the community, which is exactly the polar opposite of what he does. He hides away behind a desk in billionaire donors from the defense industry, many of them who back his campaign. All right. Well, before we get into all that, just if you can tell folks about yourself just sure. very quickly. Yeah. Why you're running. Yeah. Why you're running, what's your background, and yeah, what do you hope to achieve by unseating this swamp rat? Yeah, background, I'm a food truck owner. I make smoothies and smoothie bowls. So I'm just a normal working class guy. Me and my wife opened up this business during the pandemic in 2020, right when the lockdowns happened. And we've been doing it full time for the last three to four years. We get little part-time jobs doing DoorDash and like little side jobs at restaurants in the wintertime and maybe live off a little bit of credit cards in the winter, and then we make that up in the summertime. So normal, blue-collar, working-class people. The reason why I'm running for office is because it seems like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Every time you turn on the news, it just seems like more of the same. It seems like we're on a slow train wreck. And so I have been I'm self-taught, self-educated. I do have a political science degree from Ohio University. In my early 20s, but I'm not going to credit that, to be honest. I don't really even lead with that or even mention it very much just because I didn't honestly learn too much there. I'm self-taught after that. I have a huge home mm-hmm. library of books. I've just been obsessed with reading, with educating myself, watching documentaries, uh, paying attention to the news and watching themes over the years. And so anyway, I'm trying to just throw in my lot and try to make the world a better place, take some of this knowledge I've gained and speak out against all the, the corruption and the stuff that's going on. So I'm just kind of on a mission, if you will. I'm on a crusade of sorts. I don't know. Like, I just personally, I'm kind of angry about the status of politics and our leaders. And I'm just trying to do something about it. And we'll just see where the chips fall. And that's the whole point of my campaign is just to fight and just see what happens. All right. So you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, yep. self-made man. Yeah. And you're up against this swamp thing <laughs> that has been in politics nearly his entire life. I think he maybe had 17 years of private practice as a lawyer, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. in terms of his background, what qualifies him other than having been an incumbent forever to represent the, because uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base is yeah. solidly in his district. That's kind of interesting, right? Yes, he's literally the representative of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Yeah, in that. Yep. Yep. What qualifies him? He was the mayor of Dayton before he got into Congress in 2002. He was the mayor of Dayton. I believe he graduated from University of Dayton in like the early 90s or something like that, or late 80s, early 90s, and then within 10 years became mayor of Dayton. So, yeah, he was the mayor of town, and then he got elected into Congress. No, and... That's it. I don't know. I don't know what his reasons are for serving, but or for his call for leadership. But yeah, that's what he's done. That's what he's done. And then really quick question before we go into more about the current incumbent. What's your stance on disclosure of UAPs and what the government knows? Yes. Yes. So in general, UAPs, UFOs, I've been a believer for my entire life. It's always seemed like something like I've, so I've always been there. It wasn't until recently until things started to heat up with this issue about a year or so ago or two, when the government all of a sudden is like, well, those unidentified flying saucers, they're not actually people just imagining things and whatever. They're actually something real 
and they're documented and we are an official trusted source and we have them on our own cameras and our own. And so, so the weird starts of trickle, you know, information coming out that now the government is admitting to them. And then as we all know, the congressional testimonies that happened this summer and stuff like that. And so I felt compelled that this was an issue like in the news and just another one of the things in the long line of lies that the government's been covering up for a long time. So when I uh, launched my website, my campaign in July, I made sure to stick that in there in the defense section where I talk about my views on uh, on the military and, and U.S. government and stuff like that. It's not something that I'm leading my campaign with. It's not like front and center. I'm not the UFO guy running for office, but it is included on my website. We need UFO disclosure, UAP disclosure. <laughs> to advertise on Through Glass Darkly, Email throughglassdarklyads at gmail.com. View is just like, look, even if you believe in aliens or not, or whatever your opinion is, whatever your opinion is, if the American people were able to go to the ballot box and have a simple choice, a vote, do you want the government to come clean on information that they have on UFOs? Yes or no? I think that election would be an overwhelming landslide. Working class people would, of course, vote for that but also a lot of other stuff if you ever gave us the chance to actually vote on some of these crazy policies that our government inflicts upon us. So yeah, so that's my stance and like my position on UAPs. It's in the news now. It's an important issue. We're finally getting some hearings on it, which is great. And not to mention the potential for huge life-changing events that could come of it. I think it, it could topple the Democratic and Republican Party if it comes out, if it shows, you know, the people's trust. I mean, you know, I don't know how down the rabbit hole you want to go, but if they are sitting on what we think they are sitting on. This would have ramifications for people's trust in our own government that could be revolutionary. And so anyway, it's a tip of an iceberg at the very minimum. You just got to come clean with what we know. And like people just want transparency in general from all of their. Uh, okay. But just to quickly summarize, this isn't your number one issue, which no. is completely understandable. But yeah, I, I if I were to, if I were to put kind of you and Mike into different categories you would be on the side of truth and disclosure and he would be on the side of uh, misrepresentation and uh, hiding the reality the greater reality from the public for personal gain so i'll just you don't need to comment on that i'll, I'll do the heavily negative stuff for you but so the other thing that's kind of interesting so he has this position on the house intelligence committee so surely like he's a veteran right <laughs> no no well, never... family like is his family like nobly served in the past that he kind of understands <laughs> what their burdens are and and what to they my fight knowledge, for he has no military service no anything he goes and meets with world leaders and military leaders and stuff like that all the time but not mm. his own constituents. But no, he's never he's never served. Not that that should be a, a prerequisite, but possibly. I mean, it might be something good to put on the resume if you're in charge of the intelligence, you know, committee, or you know, and he's senior up on the armed services committee as well. But you know, he's never served. Okay, so he's an anti-war candidate, correct? <laughs> no. Oh no, no. no. no when he no, no. Does he have any children who serve? Not to my knowledge, no. No, of course not. Answer. Of course not. So we can vote for foreign yeah. wars and we can send somebody else's kids overseas to die, but we never serve and we, you know, claim to protect the interests of the American people in the highest position, but without any understanding fundamentally of what the hell's going on on the ground and what it's like to be a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine. No. Correct? And something it, correct. And something that's a big inspiration for why I'm running on for my office is watching countless documentaries and videos of servicemen that have served in Vietnam, veterans that have served in Korea, in Iraq. The horrors of war are real. And when these people in Congress, like Mike Turner, Lindsey Graham, I mean, a lot of Democrats, you know, I'm not going to get too much into the weeds here, but they advocate for just nothing but war, 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 people dying. I have a big problem with it. I have a big problem with it. I don't think they understand what they're asking our brave men and women and working class people to do. And so, yes, I, I take a big offense to especially not only these people in an office like Mike Turner that, at, that have never met a war that they haven't liked, 
they've never even served. So there's a possibility that there's a huge disconnect between their level of reality and for the policies that they're putting in place and for their donors. And when we talk about this more, you're going to see who Mike Turner's donors are. It's not surprising. All right, well, we'll get to that. But surely someone who is on the House Intelligence Committee would be of the highest integrity and beyond reproach in terms of being no possible leverage on their person and things like that in terms of having compromise points. So as an example, his net worth, if I look in open secrets, it, it looks like it, you know, it suddenly spiked up and then it, it was something close to between five and six million. And then suddenly in like 2016, it dropped to 490 some thousand what on earth happened there what's the story behind that because i would think that you would get used to living a certain lifestyle and then if you have a sudden drop a 90 percent decline in a short period of time that would make you highly compromisable can you tell me a little bit more about what happened there yes yes so you know look don't really want to comment too much on his private life whatever but documents show he got married to an energy lobbyist. As we all know, in the swamp in Washington, D.C., these lobbyists are getting intimate and getting close with all of our representatives, okay? So he married an energy lobbyist. His wealth went up astronomically from marrying this energy lobbyist. Apparently, he had $3 million of that 5 to $6 million in net worth was in oil and gas investments. So that yeah. makes sense. Yes. The data supports and, your position is all I'm saying. Yes, 100%. And right here, red flags were raised when he also introduced legislation that would benefit his wife's employer, Chenry Energy. So he was introducing legislation that would be favorable to the natural gas industry when he's married to an energy lobbyist. This is kind of the big swamp that's going on in Washington is where these candidates should be working for us. But instead, they're working for the lobbyists, they're screwing the lobbyists, and then as a result, the American people, working class, we get screwed over. It's the same song and dance. You know? Yeah, literally literally screwing, just literally. in a different way than they're screwing. Literally screwing. literally screwing the lobbyists and figuratively screwing the American people. Yes. So what happened to his net worth, though? Like, he was at five, like five to six got million, divorced, and suddenly... Got divorced, uh, and got divorced after two short years, and so his net worth went down quite a bit. And it raises questions as to would any person want the nice things back in life once they have a taste of it? And it's possible. And you have to look at that in our elected officials. Like, are they potentially compromised or have the possibility of being compromised? And that's where the trust, I think, has gone down in the American people with our elected representatives because we can't trust them. They're not transparent. Their financial laws aren't transparent. The running for office isn't transparent. And all these people are lobbying them. And who's lobbying on our behalf? And the answer is nobody. And so, yes, yeah, so big problem. His wealth fell off quite a bit after that divorce. Okay. So, and that's his second divorce, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, once bad things can, you know, sometimes happen with people twice, twice, there's, the, there's a little bit of a potential integrity character issue. But anyway, I'm not going to linger on that. Sure. And, and there was issues with his first wife, too, in regards to awarding her and her marketing campaign lots of money from issues. And too. so he's been named as one of the most corrupt people in Congress before by citizens watchdog groups because his previous wife, her marketing firm was paid $300,000 in a no bid contract by a group that's closely associated with Mike Turner's campaign to come up with a simple slogan for some development going on around here so some little so the, the watch the government watchdog do, do you have a sense what that slow, slogan was because maybe i can start yeah. a business get, making get up slogans for three hundred thousand. okay so the, it was called like the dayton development coalition which mm -hmm. is a group that lobbies senators and people for development and stuff like that mike turner's from dayton so they're going to washington and lobbying for development here in dayton sure whatever but that group is then awarding his wife's marketing company three hundred thousand dollar contracts to come up with the slogan get midwest I mean, you could pay me 
$10 and I could come up with that. And, you know, and I'm not sure what else all went into that, but the citizen watchdog groups have been all over that. And that was in like 2008. And then when the reports came out of that conflict of interest, she then resigned from her market. Well, 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 so well, let, let me stop. She came up with a two word slogan, get uh, this is Midwest. Just, and she was this, paid how much? Her, her marketing firm that she worked for that I think she created or was the owner of. She created $300,000 to come help out with the slogan, Get Midwest, for this Dayton coalition group. They I don't know paid the her. Work. I don't know if that's all the words. $150,000 a word. 300, yeah, 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 exactly. A word. A hundred and, look, whoever <laughs> paid for that, I'm available. You can pay me $100,000 a word. I can come up with as many words as you like, you know, but do I? I mean, hopefully I don't have to marry somebody in Congress. Apparently I might right. actually have to do that to, in right. order to yeah, qualify was... for that special program. <laughs> that was Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington for Enrichment of Self, Family, Friends, and Solicitation of Gifts. That was in 2008 and 2010 that he was on that watchdog's list. Okay, um, so let me summarize so far. He has a money problem. He has a problem for uh, a weakness for female lobbyists so there's two points of leverage right there yeah for the intelligence community to exploit full stop okay i'm not saying they are but there's a there's a reason he in the latest legislation when i think danny sheehan asked asked him his staff well why wouldn't you support this your job literally is oversight of government funds so why would you not do your job and <laughs> like provide oversight for your funds. So it's just like the number one aspect of having a role is to do your job. Yeah. Yes. And that is his job. So I don't know what's going on there, but it looks a little, um, it doesn't Suspecting. stop there either, as we'll get into more. But yeah, it doesn't stop there with this guy either. But yeah. All right. Well, let's go with, you know, surely he has like lots of small money donations that are highly supportive of his campaign and, and things like that. Like who's been funding his campaigns? Well, last election cycle, there was 19 billionaires. And I think like two or three or four percentage points of his campaign donations come from small dollar donations. All of it is from PAC money and large contributions from private donors. 100%. So the vast majority is money. 90, 95% is not even coming from inside the district. It's coming from big money PACs and large rich people that are funding his campaign to the tune. And, you know, with our campaign election laws, you can donate like 2700 or maybe even 5000 a person i forget what exactly what it is but what these people do is then they'll they'll then they have a whole list of people that they'll be like all right my mom my sister my brother all a group of 5 or 10 friends and then they'll all give the max donation so it looks as separate so he'll get blasted i'm just saying that's potential you know for the rot in our system so yeah it, anyway so his money is all it's not funded by people around here so he's a man of the people 4% Four percent man of the people. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's yeah, yeah. And that's why my campaign's focused on all small dollar donations, grassroots. Everything grassroots. Okay. I've got a little support from the people on Reddit. Thank you. But like everything else is all just on the ground right here, people that live right here. And you can't even do donate more than two hundred dollars to my campaign. I think it's important for people to be able to trust their politicians. And so the max donation to my campaign is two hundred dollars per person. And I'm not taking any super pack or pack money. So the point of that is to hopefully build up some trust in the people. Mike Turner, the trust in all his shady dealings and his money he's getting from the big interest and the billionaires, that erodes the public trust. And so I'm trying to just run a campaign that puts the public trust like first and foremost, 100%. Okay, now I'm going to ask you another question. And without saying where you stand on the issue and without opining on these issues, because they're two of the hottest red button issues in the country. So yeah. generally a politician, because there's such red button issues, they clearly stand on one side of the divide, right? Solidly, like they can't yeah. hide. 
and those two issues that I'm going to throw out there, and I'm not saying they're the most important issues or anything like that, but they're they're both two hot button issues. Is one gun rights, and then two abortion rights. Mm-hmm. Where does Mike Turner stand on each? He's a little wishy washy. That's interesting. Same He's a little wishy washy. He might support some gun background checks and red flag laws, stuff like that. But I don't think he's like leading on it. But yet at the same time, he attends protests and rallies that kind of make it seem like he might be for a little bit more gun reform. So he's not out there. So he's a little confused on that issue. What about abortion? Abortion? I think he's solidly against abortion, I would say. All right. So he's (laughs) anti-abortion. yeah, Pro, choice. Okay. he's towed okay. the line on Donald Trump as well in his presidency. I think he didn't yeah. support him in the beginning. And then he's just been out of the after January 6th. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. He doesn't take a firm stance. So I, from getting a lot of signatures from a lot of Republican voters to get on the ballot in my district, they've expressed a lot of they do not like Mike Turner. There's a considerable Republican base here that doesn't like him uh, at all. Yeah. And just for the audience, in the last two elections, again, I'm just repeating the statistics here so in the 10th congress ohio congressional district let's just go all the way back wow man has that changed it has so starting in 2000 the district voted for al gore 53 percent versus george w bush 42 percent in 2004 they voted for john Kerry, 58 percent versus george w bush 41 percent in 2008 they voted for barack obama 59 percent to 39% with you know, John McCain. And then there was like this switch. And again, I'm I'm not sure why this happened, but in 2012, it solidly switched to Mitt Romney, 50% versus Barack Obama, 48%. I think and they, then re, in, they redrew the lines in 2010. Uh, the districts a little bit. Uh, yeah, so some, some, some gerrymandering. Yeah. Some gerrymandering, yeah, they redo the lines and stuff like that. But you know, the overall theme is a rightward shift of this area that was in the past, maybe Democratic and stuff like that, which I sp- think speaks to like a lot of the plight of the working class and why things have switched to more like Donald Trump and Republican because he's, he's seen as like more of a well, working class champion than the Democrat. Hold party. that thought. Hold that yeah. thought because that is something that really plays to your opportunity here. So in 2016, Donald Trump garnered 51% of the vote. Hillary Clinton was 44%. In Mm -hmm. 2020, Donald Trump was 51% versus Joe Biden at 47%. So here's my take on what's happening. There's a little bit of gerrymandering and corruption, which seems about right in line with kind of what uh, Mr. Turner does, but there's also this solid rejection and you can see it actually with Mitt Romney, right? And even with Barack Obama, Barack Obama was kind of an outside force. He was a career politician, but he was kind of an unknown. It was kind of a rejection of what people were getting. And that seems, he was the outsider. that seems to be the trend in your district. They're always voting for outsiders. Yeah. So how is this? Yeah. How is this political apparatchuk been able to? Like, because he's the ultimate insider. I mean, he is like the poster yes. boy for insiders. Yeah. The Democratic brand, I think, around here has just been so badly damaged that, like, he keeps winning landslides in election just based. He's the Republican option. I, that's literally what it is. But yeah, what you're speaking to with uh, Barack Obama is he was the outsider. He was like a little Chicago guy, not too much experience. He was young and he was talking about, hey, we need to have new diplomatic relations with Russia and China. We need a reset. You know, so he was coming in on this piece. He was saying, hey, these wars in Iraq are terrible. We need peace. He was even talked about NAFTA, how NAFTA was hurting jobs in the Rust Belt. And so he came in as this new breath of fresh air. And that's what the American people wanted after eight years of George Bush and these two illegal wars. And they wanted something new. They wanted a reset. As we all know, Barack Obama went back on that. He staffed his cabinet full of people on Wall Street. He took us from two wars to seven. He did a surge in Afghanistan. So he was not this peace candidate. And he gave us corporate controlled healthcare law and blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. So he sold out the working class people. And I think that's why they switched on him in 2012. And they realized that. And then that's why Donald Trump 
was able to win because, again, another type of new outsider candidate that's coming in saying that these wars are terrible, that these trade deals are terrible. We need somebody who's independent and going to drain the swamp. And like, so we want the outsider. Working class people want the outsider. Like, we realize that things are going really bad right now. In the big, and anybody to fight against the big money interests, I think, is what people really want. And so, yeah, Mike Turner. So he's just an entrenched machine around here. And I'm hoping to start something different and build up a coalition of people in a movement against him because the Democratic Party just can't get it done around here. They just lost by 23 points in this last in a land. In, in look, so, look, there's a reason I'm talking to you and I'm not talking yeah. to them. Right? <laughs> Thank you. So, I yeah, mean, look, yeah, look I don't, don't want to go too much into it, but if I look at the demographics of your area, there is nothing nothing for that demographic when it comes to the democratic party so they don't have a shot and they're never going to have a shot unless those demographics change dramatically and i'll just leave it at that yeah absolutely but i think the fact that there's no republican challenger is abhorrent to me well that's how it goes in party politics you have a strong incumbent or any incumbent the machines on the republican and the democratic side they don't primary anybody who's just got elected to office or has been in there. And name recognition is also everything in politics too. So that's a tried, true, tested good. They're not trying to primary that. And so, yeah, that's just how our machine works, which is unfortunate. It's undemocratic. Okay. So with regard to Mike Turner, he certainly at least, I mean, just let's try to give him the benefit of the doubt, really fought for the stewardship of keeping the F-35 program kind of low budget and on track <laughs> and things like that, right? Come on. He, he must have been fighting to like keep those costs down, right? Isn't that something that no. is near and dear to his heart? He's never met a defense budget that he hasn't liked and wanted to increase. So the government accountability groups, watchdog groups going after like government spending and stuff like that, they've always gone after Mike Turner and people like him. During the Obama years, there was something called the sequester, if anyone remembers that. That was where if the Republicans and the Democrats can't come together on a budget for military spending or come to an agreement, then there was going to be this automatic sequester, which was these automatic like 10%, 15% cuts. And so that happened. And in the defense industry, and they actually cut like 10% off, you know, a defense budget in like 2014, 2015. And, and the huge outrage in the public and on the right wing, and Mike Turner was leading the charge saying like, all oh, these cuts are preventing our readiness and our capabilities. And we need to stop this sequester, this terrible. So anyway, I'm just saying he's been a very big proponent of military spending, never wanted to cut it, always advocated for the unlimited flow with no end in sight. He hasn't pushed for any audits of some of these programs. Of course not. Um, well, here's the know, thing. Here's yeah, the thing. Yeah. The last time that these, uh, some of these SAPs, special access programs were discovered mm -hmm. was the, and the only reason they were discovered. This was, I think under, this is Harry the so-called Wilson memo oh, okay. about certain special access projects that the J2 on the chair, like chairman of the Joint Chiefs, like the head of the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, Admiral Wilson, he did not himself, you know, he's responsible for intelligence, did not know about these programs. And the reason that they came up is there was this massive audit of the Pentagon. And, you know, an accountant's going to follow the money. And they found the money being siphoned to these unknown programs. And it's like, Surprising. guys, in an audit of the Pentagon, you said? Yeah, you got to tell me where this money's going. And there was this whole back and forth. That's how they discovered it. When was so, that? What years was that? Um, I, I can't remember. Just, just look up the Mil okay. Wilson memo. But there, okay. there, was, there, there was a big audit where they started to discover these. I think, and I think that's why they started the, it's called the SAPCO, Special Access Program Coordination Office or something like that where it was probably in the early 90s. I think uh, Secretary William Perry okay. was the defense secretary at the time, but they had to reform it because it was so twisted and corrupt. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so regardless, of course, he's against an audit. Of course, <laughs> he's a chairman of the Intelligence Committee. The Pentagon right? hasn't been able to pass an audit, as we all know. I want to say ever. I won't go that far, but I'm pretty sure the Pentagon has failed their last five in a row audits. And they can only account for 39% of their assets. So there's literally 
trillions of dollars that have gone missing uh, that have been poured into the defense. And Mike Turner has sat on the Armed Services Chairman Committee. He's on the Intelligence Committee in charge of overseeing this. Has he ever spoken out about the need for the Pentagon? Oh, he's on the, the Armed Services Committee too? Yeah. Oh, dude, he's double Zero ties to the military. No background as a veteran. <laughs> no family who served. No family who are currently serving. He's He's chair it, it, it totally makes sense and unbelievable and, and, i mean that i mean to me that is outrageous that is absolutely outrageous sorry i didn't mean to yeah and, and he might be here, even but. like one of, i think he's even one of these like core people that's like on these like little intelligence like committees and a permanent member on like some of these intelligence committee groups and stuff like that so no he is one of the most heavily invested people in congress in this area Okay, so he was a big proponent of the F-35 program, the so-called yep. hangar, qu hangar queen, because it spends almost half its time in maintenance because it queen. has a lower OR rate, operational yes. readiness rate, than the like yes. an older platform like the F-15E. Okay? Yes. How much was it supposed to cost? The F-35 program. So in 2019, Citizens Against Government Waste named Mike Turner Porker of the Month for him supporting the biggest waste of money in the F-35 program. At that point in 2019, the F-35 had been in development for 17 years. It was seven years behind schedule and $200 billion over budget. And yet Mike Turner was still pedal to the metal on wanting to increase F-35 funding. It's no surprise. When you look at who funds him and his campaign, it's Lockheed Martin who makes the F-35. So he is 100% when you look at his disclosures and everything in bed with a Lockheed Martin. And yeah, big problems. In addition, like what you said, the F-35 in 2018, the Armed Services Committee did their own report where they said the F-35 does not have the range to strike targets and the program may already be out of date. And this was in 2018. And this but, goes but surely so, it has an advantage. Like it's an all weather platform can fight in all sorts of conditions. Is that accurate? No, it's not. It's big problems with it fighting in the rain. I'm serious. It can't perform in the rain. Big operational functionality problems with it. And so it's like, who do you think he works for? And when you look at his donors, it's Raytheon, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, General. How Dynamics. much does a, how much was an F 35 supposed to cost? It's the most expensive fighter jet. Uh, program in U.S. history. And let's see here. Da, 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 da. Its initial proposal cost was $38 million per fighter jet. Ooh. Over the course of 15, 16, 17 years, and as of 2018, I believe, the cost had ballooned and skyrocketed to $150 million per fighter jet. And they don't even work. They have operational and maintenance issues, 50% hangar queen, like you said. But yet, given all these milestones that it has never met any performance milestones that it's never been able to meet mike turner taking his money from the military industrial complex has been one of the biggest proponents of the f-35 program and even recently in 2020 allo got put into some bills like to increase more and to put more f-35s than the trump administration even wanted to he advocated for even more going to the state of israel and so this f-35 program is near and dear in 2020 Lockheed Martin was the number one donor to Mike Turner's campaign, gave him $64,000. So seems like a pretty good return on investment when you're 64,000 and you got the head of the intelligence committee and one of the most senior people like advocating for your programs. And these are 150 million a piece jets. And you know, that was in 2018. I don't even know what the cost is now. That's almost at 400% what yeah. it was supposed to cost. And that's the rot. That's the rot in our military industrial complex system and how they pay off and buy all of our politicians. And then these corrupt contractors, the cost just keeps going up and up and up and up. And the American taxpayer, the American people, the American working class, we're the ones footing the bill when that's resources that could have been better used for working class issues. And that's what my campaign is all about. The rot is like Mike Turner. He's just one example of it, but the rot of all this wealth being diverted from working class people and investments and infrastructure, healthcare, teachers, you name it. 
it could be done instead it's going in the pocket of the military industrial complex going in offshore bank accounts and with no accountability the audits are crap the pentagon can't pass an audit it's this corrupt system of people that are literally stealing from the american people and that's what i'm speaking well yeah and it's, it's made even more egregious because again i am an expert on geopolitics so when one of the, your greatest threats is the possibility of the Chinese taking out Taiwan, their strategy is if you have like a Ford class carrier that costs $20 billion. All, so what they do is they're, yeah. they invest in all these really super cheap missiles and they just build a ton of them. All you need is one. Uh to hit that carrier right you're hitting the nail right on the head with these carriers so somebody who knew what they were doing would not be supporting a bloated 150 million dollar a pop aircraft when you can invest in drone swarms that just overwhelm these missiles you know, overwhelm mass with mass i'm sure the government's carrier, thinking about that but like <laughs> it sounds like this guy's just beating a dead horse no, no it, there's and, too much money going on. yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah no and no one's opposing them they're buying off all the politicians but you hit the nail right on the head that these aircraft carriers and these new class that are like the united states is putting into service right now they got multiple ones like the ford class those yeah. with with the, the improvements of drones but also missile technology i mean you could fire a, a land missile and strike that carrier i mean you're not gonna be able to stop all those missiles and it's like all this wealth being put into what i mean yeah, you know, the Ukrainians sunk the Russians aircraft carrier, like right at the beginning of their war, right? Right. At the very beginning. I don't know how well, they shit. did it. Not aircraft carrier, but one of their, one of their, or it's one of their ships. main ones. I, th I thought it was an aircraft yeah. carrier, but it's one of their main things. So yeah. So anyway, you're pointing to the, the rot in our system that Mike Turner is completely complicit in, in regards to his campaign finance donations and then the direct relation to the policies that, and so to bring it back to UAPs, these defense companies and contractors, they're the ones that stand to benefit from secrecy from if they are in possession of any secret technology they want to keep it that way they want to reverse engineer mm -hmm. it themselves so they can profit off it they don't want that to be widely dispersed to the american public or to the world they want to keep it themselves so they can profit and have power and if that is the case you know mike turner is exactly doing their bidding as well All right, so he sounds like he's a complete shill of the intelligence community and nothing more, nothing less. So if folks want to unseat him and support your campaign, where can they go? Sure, yeah, harbaughforcongress.com. That's my last name, H-A-R-B-A-U-G-H, -H, and the number four, not spelled out for. Harbaughforcongress.com. I'm doing this all on small-dollar donations completely grassroots volunteers and stuff like that. I've received some outpouring of support, you know, from some people on Reddit and uh, the UFO forum. So I appreciate that. I would say anybody that's interested in just moving the wheel, moving the Overton window, that's what this campaign is all about. And unfortunately, I know it's nothing snazzy. It's a huge uphill battle being an independent. I could you're the underdog, brother. I like, am the you're the underdog. underdog, but we have got to start somewhere. And that's what this campaign is all about. I'm doing tons of community activism and speaking out and you can see on my instagram and tiktoks which are also harboughforcongress.com my independent campaign is all about community activism and not hiding behind a desk what this what these politicians do so i've traveled to washington dc a few times this over this last year for anti-war demonstrations I've been up to East Palestine, where that terrible train wreck happened, to speak out against the corruption of lack of investment. That's not in your district, is it? Or is it's that, not my I mean, district, it's but it's, for, it, okay. it's up in northeastern Ohio. And I, I think people in Congress should talk about issues outside of their district. It affects all of us. And there's a lot of trains that run through my town, too. And so I went up there to voice my disgust and to protest a little bit outside of a town hall. And I've also uh, been to peace rallies here in Dayton. I've uh, been down to the picket line with uh, striking auto workers down in Cincinnati. And I also went up to Detroit for the kickoff rally of the auto workers strike. And I've just been getting involved with a lot of other groups. Oh, and also too, the biggest one is I'm planning a protest this Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, glad you, bury, I'm glad you remembered to say that. I can't bury I, yeah. the lead here. My yeah. latest protest in direct action is actually gonna be against Mike Turner. It's nothing crazy, but I got on the Reddit UFO forum and I said that, hey, if anyone is willing to travel or is in this area regionally, I want to do a protest outside of Mike Turner's office to show our disgust 
at him blocking the Burchett Amendment. I think I saw an interview yesterday where he said he got asked briefly and he's like, I don't like the language of it. And like he's blocking the language. Like he doesn't like it. Okay. And we all know how he's how he's talked. I.e. the intelligence, the intelligence community. Yes. And so I'm planning thoughts. Yeah. And so I'm planning a protest for December 8th and 9th outside of his office in downtown Dayton. Today, I'm making some banners, a nice 10 foot long banner that people are going to be able to hold up and we're going to get right up on the street. I have signs saying honk your horn, Mike Turner, enemy of disclosure. It's going to be something along the lines of blocking the truth from the American people. And, you know, let's vote. Mike. Now, did you have to get like a permit and all that nah, stuff nah, for a protest? No, nah, you're just on a sidewalk. So as long as you don't obstruct okay. people being able to walk on a sidewalk, you can stand right there. And so I want to hold up some signs. I want to get people honking. I want to raise awareness from the people driving by the rush hour traffic. It'll be in downtown so, Dayton. So, we're going to catch the rush hour traffic. Yep. So w- again, what are the details? So it's outside. outside what's the address? December. What's the address? Yep. Yeah. And what's the his, date and what's the time? Yeah. His, the December 8th and 9th in downtown Dayton okay. from 3 to 6 p.m. And you can message me on Reddit or my email off my website if you want to attend or something like that. The specific address is 120 West 3rd Street. And his office is up in that building in Suite 305. So I was thinking about maybe printing off like a petition or printing off something and also to go hand it into his staff while we're there. And maybe while we're out there protesting, we're going to call his office in D.C. too to just further keep the heat on you know so it'll be a good time people to get together do a little advocacy raise a little awareness and then we'll go to like a brewery afterwards for like some food and drink and you know hang out or whatever so okay it's i will for- i will that is very helpful because i will make sure that this thing comes out before please do that. i'm not sure if the yeah. moderators on reddit like messed up with my post or whatever but the first post announcing it, it got like over a thousand upvotes and then i reposted like the next day and they delayed it by like six or seven hours, they wouldn't let it get posted until late at night. And then it got buried. Mm-hmm. Now it's only got like 150 upvotes. So I don't know what's that's going not, on, but I, I plan on I know it's, posting that's again. Not an, that, that's not an accident. So the intelligence community routinely has people who are affiliated with those sites. They also make extensive use of bots to create false consensus, mm-hmm. right? Where they'll vote down and then they'll also find ways to make sure that you get banned or things like that where there's just these long delays i'm not saying that's what happened right i messaged uh, the moderators they didn't hit me back so i'm i I don't know but i'm going to repost about it again in the yeah just keep keep posting but you don't post too much that it's you know that they flag you for spam or something like that right right but so okay so so december 8th downtown And ninth, yep. And and ninth at three to six p.m. outside his office, which you provided the address for. Yep, folks, if you live in Montgomery, sorry, the the, the district, right? I guess the mm-hmm. downtown Dayton would be in, in Montgomery yeah. County. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you live in like just Cincinnati, kind of Western Ohio area, definitely show up. Be peaceful. Be yes. respectful. Yeah, it's all that. Yep. But just signs. Yep. what matters is strength in numbers. Do not block traffic. Right, right. right. Yeah, we're not be, be courteous because you want to get people on your side. You don't want to do what they do where I am and they block traffic and just piss people off. So right. be courteous, be respectful, but make your voice known. So, Michael, all that information, at least the your, your website and things like that, I'll put in the links below. But I appreciate you and I sincerely wish you a successful campaign because i think you're on the right side of history here you're you. the underdog it's david against goliath but i i hope you're able to unseat this guy yeah and uh, at the very least i'm gonna try like hell kicking and screaming and if anyone does feel like you know like they do feel inspired to donate to my campaign everything is literal banners direct marketing it's literally i mean it's me and like a few people doing this so it's literally as grassroots as it gets it's for signs. It's for literal materials. Nothing's going to high-end paid staff or anything like that. It's just any dollar you know, does help, and it goes directly to campaign materials and flyers and all that stuff. All right, Michael. I appreciate you, and good luck. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you. Cool. Thanks. If you enjoyed today's video, please hit like and subscribe, and also hit the notification button so you can be notified whenever I post new content. Thank you. Now, if you're enjoying the channel and you want to support it, 
there are several things you can do. In fact, there are five things you can do. The first thing you can do is just buy my books. I got plenty of books out in the market right now, and I would prefer that folks buy a book rather than giving me direct support because they get something out of it. They have a real tangible product. The second way you can support me is by becoming a member on YouTube or becoming a patron on Patreon. And just go to either site and it'll explain everything. Third way you can support the channel is by checking out my merch site, which is here. There's plenty of stuff that you could get to support the channel. And I'd appreciate that you, you have it and can wear it. Not only do you help support the channel, but you also help promote the channel. And I appreciate that. The fourth way that you can support the channel, and this is really easy, is anytime you want to buy something on Amazon, literally just go to the description below and click on any link, literally any link. The channel gets a cut of that, and it costs you no extra money. You just go through the link as I'm part of the Amazon Affiliates Club. The fifth and final way you can support the channel is through donations. Now, I don't prefer these because it's more of an expression of gratitude, but you don't really get anything out of it as a subscriber to the channel. However, if you decide to do these options, there's two options. There's Buy Me A Coffee, which is a separate site, and there's also you can go through YouTube with either a Super Chat, Super Sticker, or a Super Thanks. Again, I prefer Buy Me A Coffee because that organization takes less money than Amazon does. But either way, I appreciate any support you are willing to give the channel. So thank you very much and keep watching. I really appreciate it.